There were reports that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and other high-ranking officials received COVID-19 vaccinations uh, from China. Uh, The efficacy of the Chinese vaccine um, has been met with some skepticism. However, uh, if this uh, news is accurate, it does sort of kind of juxtapose against the uh, other reports that North Korea is somewhat distancing distancing themselves from China in terms of trade, uh, essentially a blockade to try to prevent the spread of COVID-19 by uh, cutting off contact uh, with China. And so uh, we're trying to get some analysis on the situation with the pandemic, how it's affecting North Korea. I'm very pleased to be joined by the senior director of the Center for National Interest and executive editor of the National Interest, uh, Harry Kazianis, on the line right now. Hello. Hi, good to be with you. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. So uh, what what do we make of these rumors about uh, Kim Jong-un and other high-ranking officials supposedly receiving uh, COVID-19 vaccines from China? Uh, is there some validity to that? Well, there is. I mean, I, I the story comes from me. I mean, I, I the where it came from is two, um, I would say, very respected Japanese okay. intelligence sources um, that, that basically vetted this information and passed it to me, and I ended up publishing it in 1945. And, and basically, I have to be honest with you, I, when this sort of blew up in Korean media, I did not expect it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, to be honest, millions of us all around the world, if not billions, are going to be taking vaccinations that are not going to be vetted at the levels that we're used to. You know, we take these things as a child or or in early adulthood. Uh, To give you an example, the Chinese vaccine, for example, the Chinese started vaccinating people back in February Mm -hmm. when they had very little development, and that was risky. But these actual, what are called phase three trials of, of Chinese vaccines, Actually, the leaders of other parts of the world have taken them. Just to give you a quick example, the Prime Minister of the United Arab Emirates has actually taken it, their foreign minister, other high-level officials of that country. So uh, when you count that in with another million Chinese-plus who have taken their Phase 3 trial candidates, what Kim did, you know, it, it isn't as safe as maybe maybe the, the, the U.S. versions or, or maybe others, but... You can see why people are doing it, and we're all going to be sort of on this grand experiment. So I know everybody's interested in the Kim angle, but we're yeah. all going to be following his footsteps pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how you say that you were surprised that uh, your story uh, blew up here uh, in South Korean media. And it seems like South Korean media has also been affected by the Western media framing of this. Essentially, AstraZeneca good, China vaccine bad, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's how the perception is, oh, they haven't gone through a phase three trial. And so, uh, as you say, it hasn't been vetted but nothing really has been vetted in this unprecedented sort of fast-tracking of a global rollout of a vaccine that um, potentially billions of people will be getting. So I guess if you use the example of the UAE leader um, as not necessarily a mark of approval, but somebody who is willing to uh, take the risk to to, uh, get vaccinated uh, from China, uh, there is this idea, an ambition that is, is China maybe set to kind of uh, use this rollout to try to uh, get their, va- their version of the vaccine um, uh, more readily accepted around the world? You know, I think so. I, I mean, you know, the, the Chinese, you know, you could say what you will about them in, in terms of how they've tried to leverage the, their vaccination to get concessions for, for Huawei and some other countries and other parts of the world. But the Chinese have spent billions of dollars and essentially created a whole vaccine infrastructure all across the world to test all of their different vaccine candidates, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, so I'm not shocked that 
you know, people are saying, oh, that the Chinese vaccine won't be as good as AstraZeneca's or, you know, other, you know, other candidates that are out there. Mm-hmm. You have to remember this one thing. The Chinese are a vaccine superpower. They actually produce billions of vaccinations per year. They're actually the biggest vaccinator in the world. Uh, we might not get it, but you, you might even be vaccinated with the Chinese vaccine and not even know because they mm-hmm. sell so many of them around the world. So, you know, in that respect, their vaccines are safe. But again, we're all going to be guinea pigs to this COVID-19 vaccine. And I I think it's something we've all got to sort of grapple with. In terms of North Korea, and um, again, kind of juxtaposed getting the Chinese vaccine for its leadership, but at the same time, uh, it does feel like trade uh, between North Korea and China has uh, reduced significantly. And there is this overall kind of um, very dramatic effort by North Korea to, to blockade its borders to make sure that the uh, the, the virus uh, doesn't affect their population. They claim zero infections publicly, although they, they do acknowledge suspected cases. It, from what you have been able to discern, how serious is the situation right now in North Korea? You know what? I, I think right now the North Koreans have dodged a bullet, and this is why they've essentially cut themselves off from the entire planet. I mean, 90% of their trade goes in and out through China. So one of the vectors of where COVID can come through would obviously be China. So they've sealed that border. And actually, over the weekend, I spoke on the record with with National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. And what he told me was is that the, the North Koreans have indeed avoided mass outbreaks. And those mm. are his words. Mm. So the, the North Koreans have spared themselves large you know, mass infections of COVID. And one of the reasons they've been able to do that, to be honest with you, is if I'm sure if anybody gets infected in a village or a small population, they can lock down that area very, very quickly. Yeah. That's not something we could do in Seoul or here in Washington, D.C. So having that type of you know, authoritarian government means they can do whatever they want to stop the spread of the virus. And in some respects, they have no choice because they have no medical system, like right. again, like in South Korea or the United States, that could handle that. So in some respects, you can understand why they're doing what they're doing, you know, it's, it's bad for their society, but in some respects, it is the only the only way they, they, they can really save themselves, and it's, it's a shame. Right. Without that infrastructure, as you point out in, uh, let's say, the U.S. or South Korea, uh, these draconian measures may be the only way they can effectively do so. Uh, before we let you go, um, and, and we talk about North Korea and often how it isn't transparent what's going on and maybe uh, ascribing a lot of these nefarious uh, activities to them. Uh, what do you make of these allegations about uh, North Korea trying to hack into AstraZeneca's computer networks, uh, trying to secure uh, COVID-19 uh, vaccine data? Uh, are these true and are there actual real suspicions here? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I've spoken to quite a few senior U.S. government officials and they, they have validated those claims. But look, we shouldn't be shocked that the North Koreans are, are going to hack, lie, steal do anything they can to get any information, not just on COVID-19 vaccines, but therapeutics, really anything that they could do to gain advantage. Because again, if, if they get hit with a mass outbreak, they have no preparation whatsoever. They might not even have enough PPE to protect their population. So for them, as, as Kim Jong-un has said, this is an existential threat to them, because if they have a mass outbreak, th- there's really no telling what happens. And, and I think the scariest thing when it comes to North Korea is a destabilized North Korea where we don't know whose fingers on the nuclear button or if, you know, facilities start not to get manned and, you know, you have loose biological weapons or chemical weapons. 
That's the ultimate nightmare scenario. So these are the things we have to worry about. And um, a final point on this going forward then, Harry, you you mentioned talking to Robert O'Brien. He is the outgoing uh, national security advisor. What what, what do you know of the incoming uh, Biden team in terms of uh, how they will be approaching the situation with North Korea? And do do you perceive any uh, dramatic changes? Well, it seems like they're approaching this very carefully and very very skillfully. It seems like they're talking to a lot of people here in Washington, getting a lot of different opinions, a lot of different ideas, you know, trying to see what worked in the past, what could work in the future. And it seems like they're going to follow a very multilateral approach, whether it's bringing in China, Russia, South Korea, Japan. I don't think bringing back six-party talks, Hmm. but trying to find a whole regional solution to the North Korean nuclear problem. We've tried that in the past, hasn't been successful, but... You know, maybe Biden will have some different ideas. We'll have to see. Yeah, uh, I, I think there has been a little bit of consternation here, uh, as you're well aware, uh, with um, the uh, pro-engagement policies and how that might be affected by, let's say, another return to the, the Obama uh, strategic patience um, uh, way of doing things. And so uh, I, I guess uh, it is sort of a wait-and-see situation. Uh, Harry Kazianis, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much. We are going to take a short break. Uh, Coming up in part four of the program, we've got TM Views as well as our cinema segment. That is all coming up. But first, uh, before we do so, let's take our final check of traffic and weather.